Show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined by my good buddy and co-host here on this weekly podcast, Mr. Trey Hill. And we're here to break down week, I'm losing count, I think it's week four of the Chicago Bulls season, Trey, uh, which was kind of a light week. We only had two games. Obviously, there's a game today as we're recording it on Sunday. Uh, we're going to give you guys a little bit of a, a brief preview for that game because it is happening a little bit later. We just decided to record earlier in the day. So um, it was a one-on-one week, Trey. We had a a win against the Toronto Raptors. We actually, you know, recapped that uh, first loss against them, and then they played directly the, the night after. They played against the same team and won. I, I thought that was a good game. And then we had a kind of a disappointing loss against the Pelicans, uh, in my opinion. So, you know, give me your thoughts, because uh, I know we talked kind of in depth about that Toronto game where we lost. So give me your thoughts about, you know, the Bulls turning around and getting that win in that second of the back-to-back. I think it really showed why I enjoy them having these back-to-backs with the same teams playing, you know, uh, two games in a row. Because we got to watch in real time the Bulls adjust to coverage that they were given and see how they reacted. And adding Zach back was a huge help. But even even beyond Zach, the other the rest of the guys, it seemed like they had a better plan. They executed the plan better. And it was just nice to see the team game plan accordingly. Yeah, I was surprised to see, because I know we had mentioned, you know, when Zach was back, they weren't going to be able to do do that double, you know, hard double on DeRozan bullcrap that they were doing. Uh, I was surprised to see them stick with that basically the whole game, uh, even though it wasn't working. Like, the Bulls were getting wide open shots at the rim, and they were converting this time around, and, you know, Coloco wasn't, like, blocking every single shot, which was kind of crazy that first game. So um, I was kind of surprised that Nick Nurse stuck with that. But at the same time, I mean, it was a competitive game. You know, it was a good win for the Bulls. But, yeah, I think adding Zach Levine back in the mix was probably a big step in the right direction because you just had that secondary creator. And DeMar didn't have to, like, try to break through double teams as aggressively. So uh, it took a lot of pressure off of him. Uh, I don't think DeMar – he scored, like, nine points, I think, in that game. So he scored nine points in back-to-back games against those Toronto Raptors teams. But, again, when they're doubling him that aggressively, I mean, there's not much he could do, right? No, and that was by design. Toronto made it a point to get the ball out of his hands and then even out of Zach's hands late in late in the game, if I remember correctly. But, but yeah, he only had six field goal attempts. He had the least field goal attempts of all the starters that game, finished with nine points, the only starter outside of double figures. But he had seven assists with only two turnovers. And to only have two turnovers when you're getting swarmed like that and having to create while also being able to rack up seven assists, I think that just shows how he's grown as a playmaker and he was able to get to the line uh, six times. So DeMar just doing DeMar things, but the big difference was obviously Zach. He was able, he took 20 shots, went four of eight from three, but he was able to come in and just make decisive moves. Like what he can score from all three levels. So he was able to catch the ball and just immediately evaluate the defense and just took whatever it gave him. And it was just really nice to see because it just seems like he's getting more comfortable, Zach, uh, just with his knee, with everything. It just seems like he's starting to, to fall into place. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, he was uh, fantastic on the catch and shoot, and Vucevic also had a pretty nice game with 15 points and 13 rebounds. And it was just, um, you know, if they're going to double tomorrow like that, we've got both Zach and Vuce on there. There's no way we should be losing games like that. So I was, I was just happy for them to pull it out. And as much as I've, you know, in, in, given this, this coaching staff an indictment here and there about just their lack of being able to uh, adjust, I do agree with you, Trey. I think this was a nice adjustment from one day to the next, and they were w- very much more prepared uh, for that game plan coming in. And, you know, again, I'm surprised that the Nickner stuck with it because it just wasn't working. But uh, at the same time, I'm, I'm pleased that the Bulls were able to take care of it. Um, Scotty Barnes had a really terrible game, honestly. Uh, missed his first six shots and uh, had, had a really big dunk against uh, who was that? He dunked it on someone's head really bad. I can't remember who it was. I don't remember who, but yeah, it was the Go Go Gadget dunk, and it was oh, it was gosh. the one highlight. And then, yeah. like you said, an otherwise rough game and a string of rough games ever since Siakam went out and Barnes has been forced to be more of that primary guy mm-hmm. in terms of like big wing creator for the Raptors. He sh- he struggled and. It's good for him to get his reps in. I'm sure he's going to figure it out. Uh, we're used to, you know, six men from Florida straight from Florida State having to figure things out, but <laughs> he'll, he'll do just fine. It's, but it is, it is nice to see. Um, I don't want to say it's nice to see him struggle, but it's nice to see him struggle and continue to be aggressive. And so, my Scotty Barnes hype is still at an all-time high, even though yeah. he is kind of going through this little sophomore slump. He is a skilled player. I have no doubt about that. And speaking of, you know, skilled players from Florida State, you mentioned him a little bit there. You alluded to him, but uh, Patrick Williams had a nice game in that Toronto game, 10.6 rebounds, two assists, um, a block also. He, I think he's had maybe six or seven games in a row with a block, which is really impressive, I think, you know, coming from that power forward spot. But um, the athleticism, man, it's just there. It's on display. Um, still playing well. I like what I'm seeing out of Patrick Williams as far as the aggression goes on the offensive end. Not afraid to step up and take a jump shot, and that's what we need from him uh, in terms of development. So I'm happy. I'm pleased with what Patrick Williams has been doing. Um, I think, you know, there's still opportunity there for him to be better than he's been, but I'm, I'm happy with the effort so far in week four. How about you? Oh, I love it. I'm so pleased with where Patrick Williams is at. And to transition to the next game, it's funny. At the beginning of the year, we we were wanted to sit Patrick Williams because he was just staying around. And he wasn't doing a whole lot. At the end of this Pelicans game, me and a lot of other Bulls fans were screaming for him to get back into the game because we needed his defense against yeah. Brandon Ingram. And you mentioned the block. He's had a block in, I think, what did you say, the last four games it was? I think it was he had, yeah, like five or six, actually. Let me five or six. He, yeah, go ahead. he had four blocks in this yeah. Pelicans game in just 26 minutes. And – not just the blocks, but 
I really think if you pay attention to when he's on the floor and when he's not on the floor, the offenses for the other teams, I feel like they're much more comfortable attacking the paint. I think Patrick Williams as a help side defender, he, he comes over and he challenges shots. And I think he's a deterrent at the rim. He does a great job of reaching in, you know, swatting at the ball, making guys pick up their dribble or take an extra dribble. So guys, so other, our other players can finish their rotations and I really think on the defensive end, just as big as he is and as well as he's playing, I think the little things that aren't necessarily showing up on the box scores, if you if you watch, I think I think him being out there really helps with that paint defense. Yeah, he's been a positive impact on the Chicago Bulls. I cannot deny that. So uh, as much as I was hating on him through the first six, seven games, uh, I am very much in that uh, happy camp with Patrick Williams right now. Uh, but it's actually seven games in a row he's had a block, Trey. So that's a pretty impressive streak there. Let's see, hope he keeps it going tonight against those Denver Nuggets, which we'll talk about in a minute here. But uh, just to kind of cover that Pel- Pelicans game, as you said, uh, you know, kind of a disappointing loss, I felt like. And, and, you know, there were some lineup questions that we had there, especially with Patrick Williams being off the floor. I think that was the biggest one. A lot of people were all over that. I know Mark Hay was on Twitter, a guy I seem to bring up all the time. He was on Twitter saying uh, it didn't bother him that the Bulls were, were riding the lineup that they had on the floor. He had no issues with the lineup they had on the floor. But I I tend to agree with you, man. I think uh, I think Patrick Williams, especially when uh, – who was it that was going off? Was it Brandon Ingram or was it uh, – uh, Ingram Nicole? and the yeah, fourth. Ingram, yeah. Ingram was just like going nuts in that in that fourth quarter and just – And, I, and that was – and it was specifically because it was Ingram is why mm-hmm. I was wanting Patrick Williams. Because, again, the size he has to challenge those shots, to make those things difficult, where – I love Caruso. I love Javante. I love all of those guys who are very willing defenders, very capable defenders, but they just don't have the size and the strength that Patrick Williams does. That was a whole lot of fun, though, to watch uh, B.I. and DeMar DeRozan kind of go back and forth, like, you know, blow for blow for a minute there uh, in the fourth quarter. They were both making impressive shots back to back. It was like a series of five or six possessions where they were just making incredible shots back to back to back. So uh, so that was a lot of fun. It's like it was like something you'd see at a rec league. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a little bit disorganized, and so you know, maybe maybe not necessarily the best basketball in the world, but it is exciting basketball to watch. So uh, I enjoyed it. But Demar Derozan in that ha, game, fourteen ha, for twenty-six. You, yeah. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. You you mentioned it was it was a little discombobulated with with them taking the take fouls out. I feel like the games are flowing really well. I mm-hmm. like there's a lot of stretches where it just seems like there's a lot of basketball played and. Yeah. Before you know, before this year, the only time I really remember that is during the finals, the Cavs and the Warriors. They went on that long scoreless streak before Kyrie hit the shot, and there was you know like a three minute stretch of basketball. But it seems like a lot of these Bulls games, there's like three four minute stretches almost where it's just constant constant ball. And yeah, I, I'm more, loving it. Of course, I mean you know and, and you know I, I, I'm more old school and I like the '90s you know brand of basketball and stuff like that. So. It, it harkens back more to that era of basketball where, you know, it's uninterrupted basketball. You're watching this stuff unfold and that's how sports should be. You know, it should be like, you're watching these little, um, these little storylines kind of unfold before you, you know, and every time there's a stoppage, it's like, it takes you out of that and you, you just forget about it or, uh, you know, time passes, commercials happen. It's just like, okay, well now I, I just totally forgot about what, you know, what we were focusing on here as you come back to it. So I I'm really enjoying it this year. I think it was a big win for the NBA. Um, one thing I think they can do to, to even further limit the stoppages, Trey, and I'm a fan of, is, you know, consider cutting down on the free throws. And I don't mean like calling less fouls. I mean, like, you know, maybe there's a, a scenario where 
you get a foul called in a shooting motion and you get a point for free and then you take one free throw, something along those lines. So well, I in know the G people, League, they're experience, experimenting with the you take one free throw. Yeah. And if it's, it's a, you know, that points. Yeah. Right. It's worth two. If it was on a three point shot, it's worth three points. You just take the one free throw and you make or miss. Yeah. And I'm not opposed to that either. I think they need to try different things because, you know, again, the stoppage as a player are really the thing that kind of take the fan out of it. And this is all for entertainment. You know, I think at college you can do, you know, mess around a little bit more with it maybe. But um, I think in general, if you want to have entertainment value, just limiting those stoppages is, is something I'm, I'm definitely for. So, uh, but yeah, DeMar DeRozan in this game, 14 for 26 from the field, uh, 33 points. So obviously he bounced back in a big way in the scoring department. Uh, didn't get the double team in this one. He was probably very happy about that. Um, but it was a wonderful game. I think, you know, there were some, some possessions down the stretch, uh, particularly, I know, you know we'll, we'll definitely point to that, um, inbounds pass where DeMar caught it off his foot basically, and it went out of bounds. Uh, so that was a real big bummer, but there's not much you can do about that. I mean, it's an unforced error, but at the same time, it's just, it's just unlucky. Um, but there were some opportunities for the Bulls to win this one and they just didn't pull it out. And these are the kind of games that they need to win, right? Trey, if they want to, you know, be that, that sixth, seventh, uh, C team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, you'd really like to see them pull these out. I I hesitate to say they they need to win these games because going against contenders, it, it's always iffy. If you can, yeah, yeah, I I consider the Pelicans legitimate title contenders. I I think they are in the upper echelon of the league. So so this loss carries that that kind of weight with it that they were able to, to hang in there to stay with it, and they had just this was their their third game in four nights. Fifth, yeah. Five games, seven nights, it looks like. So oh. I know they were tired. They were getting ready to get some rest. And the way they were able to hang in it, and if, if the, the ball doesn't go off tomorrow's foot like that, you know, maybe things bounce a little bit differently. But it is discouraging. You want to see them pick up the win so they can be up in the standings. Because last year, it was great. We were winning all of the clutch games. We were first in, in, the, in the conference. And, you know, then we – went down, but being in first early on was nice because you don't have to be worrying about the play-in stuff like that. Whereas right now we're looking at, I think we're looking at the plan if I remember correctly. So yeah, yeah. We're going to look at those standings. Yeah. Right. You want to see some W's on on these close games and hopefully that will, that will regress to the mean because the bulls were really good in clutch games last year. They've been really bad this year. So hopefully that can just even out and maybe that'll be tonight in Denver or they also play New Orleans next, right after. So yeah, some good games coming up. I'm, I'm excited for this Denver game too. We're gonna break that down in a minute here. But yeah, you did mention though the Bulls kind of drew the short end of the stick here, Trey, at the beginning of the season here with this uh, scheduling. We had to play a lot of games in a very short amount of time, and as the season progresses, that actually kind of works in our favor because we get to have a little more rest in between games. So for this game against the Denver Nuggets, we've had three days off. So I expect everybody to be there. You know, we should have Drummond back, like I said. Uh, Zach should be there, obviously, and, and playing. And so uh, they're going to be fresh. And I, I expect them to take it to the Denver Nuggets tonight, uh, which uh, we can just transition right into talking about if you'd like to. Uh, so, yeah, what do we look for? Well, I mean, I feel here? like we yeah. should definitely hit on it a little bit. But if anything, I feel like we should break down more of the New Orleans game that's mm-hmm. coming up Wednesday because let's be honest, we're going to get this up like two hours before game time. <laughs> I don't know how many people are going to be listening to this before they, they hop on and watch the, the Denver game, but well, they'll listen to it. I'm they'll like, hear all of our great takes and then it'll all come true. So yeah, no, go ahead. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wa- especially if drumming comes back, I'm wanting to see how the bulls do guarding Jokic. He's, you know, he's the MVP for a reason. His passing is playmaking. I want to, I'm very curious how, 
how aware are the Bulls off-ball defenders? And I want to see how often they get beat because this team is very aggressive on the defensive end, especially their guards. So they're prone to back cuts. And when you have a passer like Jokic, you know, Caruso, Io, that aggression might end up with some layups from their guys. So that's that's really kind of what I'm looking for on that end. And then on offense, I want Patrick Williams to do something. I, I think he should he could have a really good game against this Denver lineup. Yeah, I think an underrated thing with uh, with Andre Drummond being out. I mean, I think it's an underrated thing. I think people aren't really talking about that enough for as far as Bulls fans go. I think that is a huge loss for the Bulls over the last. I think he's been out for four games now. And, you know, if just looking at this Pelicans box score, I mean, we lost the offensive rebounds edge 13 to six. They had 13. We had six offensive rebounds there. And if you insert Andre Drummond into the lineup, that changes, that shifts, you know, instead of them getting 13, maybe they only get, you know, 11, 10, and we get a few more offensive rebounds because he's just such a great guy on the boards. And that's enough to tilt a game. You know, we lost that game 115 to 111. So that's enough to tilt a game like that and turn it into a win, you know, as opposed to a loss. And you mentioned the clutch uh, the Bulls in the clutch and, and how good they were last season as compared to this season. That's got to normalize at some point. I'm not like willing to say that, you know, we've got Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan still on this team, two of the best guys as far as closers go. And I'm not sit- sitting here saying, you know, these guys are somehow lost their ability to close basketball games. I just don't believe that in my heart of hearts. So um, I think it's been unlucky to start the season a little bit. And I think, you know, the Bulls could have easily have a few more wins under the belt. Well, Drummond did play last game. He played 12 minutes. Oh, my bad. <laughs> so I missed it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so it's not I guess it's not his comeback. I, I also didn't even notice that he was in whenever he played. So it'll be nice to have him back. But yeah, he was in he did he grabbed five defensive boards but wasn't able to get any offensive boards. Uh yeah. That I was the dragon that. actually grabbing the offensive boards for us. So <laughs> he's been killer. Good I, for love, him I love him bringing him. that yeah. in. But uh but no, yeah, I think uh, this Denver game though, you're talking about, you know having Drummond out there. That's the reason I brought him up. I think it's going to be a huge win for us. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, I was just going to say, but we did miss Drummond whenever he was gone. And I don't, I don't even know that I necessarily want him playing 12 minutes every game, especially after I saw how successful and how fun the Derek Jones Jr. at center lineup was. And you know me, I have a soft spot for that one. I've been talking about that ever since the off season, but he has just been so good along, along with draw. Goron and just the chemistry that they're bringing over from Brooklyn. It's it's nice having a bench unit that I can look forward to again because that that was what was fun about the like I, I love Derrick Rose, but that bench mob that we had there for a minute like that was just so much fun to have those guys like Ronnie Brewer, Omar Oshik, those type of guys. Just you you love the, to have that kind of success. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be a good one for the Bulls here. I think they're going to take it to this Denver Nuggets team after having all this rest. You know, hopefully these guys are, uh, if they were dinged up, like I know Alex Crusoe probably always is the way that he plays, that they're uh, they're coming into this one healthy and ready to rock. It's so. also a home game. And it's also a home game. So I'm, I'm hoping this is a W for us. But, I mean, yeah, play these Pelicans again. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned it. Uh, you know, it's a short span of time, not, you know, less than a week between the games, I believe. So if that's the case, I mean, what are you looking for the Bulls to do differently, uh, you know, assuming that we're all healthy and everything like that against these Pelicans the second time around that we didn't necessarily do so well the first time? I mean, I, I already mentioned it. I want to see Patrick Williams in there guarding in crunch time. I I think that's why that's why he's a starter. That's why you put so much time and effort in, into his development. It's not necessarily on the offensive end. I, I'm still a firm believer it's the defensive. Um 
I hate the, I I don't like the Kawhi comparisons, but that <laughs> that San Antonio Kawhi, where he was just the lockdown defender who could make an open shot, but he was that lockdown defender type guy. That's what I want Patrick Williams to be on the defensive end, that type of thing. And for him to be able to do that, he has to get these clutch time reps on the defensive end. So for me, that's what I'm looking for in terms of doing better. Um, just the offense or just the boards in general don't get out rebounded by 15 rebounds. And I think that the Bulls will have a pretty good shot in this one. Yeah, I agree. The boards are one thing. I think also um, shooting better from three, obviously. They shot uh, 25.9% from three in this game against the Pelicans' last one. Um, it's one of the focuses the team has had, I believe, in the offseason. It's just you know getting up more shots. They shot out well from the season, uh, from the three-point land last season, but they didn't shoot a whole lot of them. It wasn't a volume. You know, There wasn't enough volume for that. So I think they're making a concerted effort to put up more three-point shots. They actually put up more three-point shots than the Pelicans this one. 27 to 19 uh, both teams didn't shoot it very well but uh, you know if they're going to put up that many shots they're they're still going to have to have some efficiency there I'm looking at Zach Levine's line here three of 12 from the three-point line which is just that's uncharacteristic that's guys turn around I'm looking at Desunmo though also and when I'm looking at trades I'm looking at a zero for zero uh, three-point shooting here um, and that's just you know we, we've talked about it before that's just not going to fly if he's going to be in there playing guard for 26 minutes which he just did in that last game uh, he's got to put up, you know, some shots. He's got to be not afraid to shoot. So just like Patrick Williams, uh, we're looking for the same thing. I don't think Io is afraid to to drive the basketball and create for other people, but he's got to be you know, willing to take that jump shot too, which is something that I think could be a, a development thing for him. Do you agree with that? Yeah, the Pelicans are long. They're they're very long. They're very active on the defensive end, and I, I would hesitate to put up a shot if I was out there, even <laughs> if I thought I was open, because. Herb Jones, he can, he can make you look foolish very easily. He's done it to a lot of people very early in his career. But you need Io to be able to catch that ball and just be willing to fire it up. And you are going to find those opportunities, especially if we can get Zach driving. And you mentioned you want him to be aggressive. You always want him to be aggressive, but... I I'm more I want to see him get involved in the pick and roll more. He had he only had four assists this game. I I think he should have five assists minimum. That's kind of where I'm at with him. I think I know he's not a natural playmaker, but I think for this offense to succeed, he has to be able to develop those playmaking chops so he can just be that natural playmaker and just keep the offensive flow going. Again, it's more about development than than short-term things, but I want his his playmaking vision to just continuing to quick get quicker and quicker. Yeah, we haven't really seen that rapport with uh, Vucevic like we saw last season, and I think we can you know try to get that back because they had a really nice uh, pick and roll game, a nice flow to their basketball games when they're on the court together. So uh, I guess Dragic kind of stepped in and took that from him a little bit because Dragic has been incredible. So, um, but still, I want to see some more out of Io because Io is the guy that's going to be here long term. So. Um, but we are going to move on to talk about just some uh, more, you know, big picture type stuff, just standings and everything like that. But before I do that, I do want to tell you. Do guys, they beat the Magic? Do the Bulls beat the Magic? Yeah, they play them Friday. Uh, yeah, I, I would certainly hope so. Especially Dude, if, got, uh, got, the goal for this week's got to be two and one then. Oh yeah. If not three and zero. I think yeah, I think. Yeah, I think three and zero. You play, you play every other day. You've had plenty of rest. I'm hoping for three and zero. 
You know, let me I didn't ask mean you. to interrupt the ad read. Sorry. No, 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 you're fine. No, I'm, but let me tell you. Okay, so let me do that for you guys. Let me tell you guys about the DFS pass. Go get that DFS pass. We are going to win you guys some money. I got some really good plays today. I'm all over Walker Kessler because they are playing the Philadelphia 76ers. I feel like he's the only center on the Utah Jazz that can really slow slow Embiid down. And Embiid's going to have a lot of offense run through him because there's no James Harden, obviously. So go go, go get Walker Kessler in your lineups for DraftKings. Uh, I believe he's 3,400 there. And uh, if you want some more calls like that, get that DFS pass, which is just $4.99 a month over there at sportsethos.com. You can also get the Ethos 360 pass, which gets you access to the fantasy pass and the wager pass. Uh, and that's also a very affordable price. So, uh, But no, yeah, uh, actually, you bring back a good point, which is something I, I totally forgot I was going to address with you. And, you know, that being, we've seen Zach being low managed to start this season. And I'm, you know, I'm of the mindset now after thinking a little bit more about this, because uh, this kind of came as a surprise. He was out, I believe it was the first game of the season they sat him out, right? And so that kind of came as a surprise to us because it was like, oh, man, he had all offseason to sit around. Why is he sitting out now? But I do think that this is more by design, and I think it's a smart move because this is something we've been clamoring for for the last several years, Trey, is for you know the Bulls to be a little bit smarter with their stars and just kind of you know keep their focus on the end of the season and having a strong run into the playoffs and then having, obviously, everyone healthy for the playoffs. And so I think this was more by design because, you know, again, we talked about that schedule and our schedule is very, very heavy up front. So I think, you know, this is going to be less and less of a thing as the season moves on because the the games per days obviously lightens up a bit. So do you think that's accurate or am I just like totally smoking something? <laughs> I mean, you might be smoking something, but I also well, think you're 100 percent accurate. <laughs> I'm in Illinois because, now. It's legally. So it's OK. No, right, right. It's, but no, you're 100 percent <laughs> correct. I think that with the schedule being so heavy letting Zach ramp up now that, it, and again, I mentioned earlier, I think he looks more comfortable the longer the season, the further we get into the season. I think he's getting that confidence in, in everything back. So I'm happy for him with the schedule he's on. And like you said, as long as when he's playing, he looks like Zach Levine, he doesn't look like injured Zach Levine. I'm happy with whatever they decide to do in terms of sitting him. And I am waiting for the games where they actually sit Vucevic because he did. He's just has played every. He's a workhorse for us. He's played like every single game, the last couple of seasons that he hasn't missed with COVID and everything like that. But, um, but I, you know, we've got Andrew Drummond here, and I feel like Andrew Drummond can play, you know, a 30 minute night if we need him to. And if it's against a team that's got a center that's more of a traditional big, I think that makes a lot of sense. So I would look for Vucevic to get some more rest down the road here as well. Um, because he has just been a workhorse. Maybe he doesn't want to. I don't know. Maybe it's more of a personal choice type thing. But um, I'd like to see him get some rest just so he's fresh for the playoffs as well. Um, but, uh, well, let's talk about the standings here, Trey. We were going to talk about just the Eastern Conference standings where the Bulls sit. They currently sit eighth, and they are six and seven in the season. Uh, again, a few wins I feel like they could have gotten. Just got a little bit unlucky there. So they could easily be, you know, eight and five, which would put them in, like, fourth. So, you know, I'm not too displeased with this, but I'm looking at the the other teams around us here in the standings. We've got the Raptors at 7-7. Seven and seven. We've got the Nets at 6-7, and seven, who are on a win streak right now. We've got the Knicks at 6-7, and seven, who just won. Uh, no, they just lost to the OKC Thunder uh, today. And we've also got the 76ers that are 6-7 and seven that, you know, everyone thought they were going to be a whole lot better. And the Heat are 6-7. and seven. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six teams. They're six and seven. So let me let me let me pose you this question here. Of those teams, the Bulls, the Nets, the Knicks, the Sixers, and the Heat that are six and seven, where do the Bulls stack up among those one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five for me? teams? Yeah. For you. For me, I I like the Nets more. Mm-hmm. I think they I think with Ben Simmons coming off the bench mm-hmm. and 
the uh, the defensive identity they found without Kyrie. I th- even if he comes, even when he finds his way back, I think the defense will continue. And if if they start to to notice that, maybe they just finally trade Kyrie for Westbrook and buy him out. But I think the Nets have stumbled onto something, so I have them ranked above the Bulls. But other than that, I was down on the Heat this year. I was up on the 76ers, but with Harden being out and mm. them struggling like they have, and, and Embiid doesn't look super healthy either. So mm. I have the Bulls ahead of them, and of course I have them ahead of the the Knicks and whoever else there was. Um, like yeah, the was Knicks and the, yeah, the Knicks, yeah, that was the only one. Um, yeah, the Heat, the Heat kind of surprised me. I think a lot of people, I've, I've seen, you know, uh, some Twitter comments and everything like that, where people are kind of off of the heat saying that they're not really going to turn around this season. I can, it's, it's hard for me to always like discount the heat, like just, you know, cut and dry and discounting them because I think that they just work so hard and, and to win basketball games. But I do tend to agree. I tend to lean, like you said, you know, that the heat are just kind of, there's not a whole lot of talent on that team. I mean, they've got Tyler hero. Uh, I've never been a huge Bam Adebayo fan. I think he's a decent player. I don't think he's like, he's not a star level player in my eyes. And Jimmy Butler, you know, he is an all-star. He's a very good player. Um, but he's struggled to stay on the court in the last three or four seasons. He's only managed like 60 games or so per season. So, uh, yeah, I think that I do have the Bulls above the heat. I think the I think the Sixers are the easy call here to go up. I mean, once Harden gets back and they get to full strength, I think it's going to be, you know, they'll, they'll be a winning team again. Um, the Nets, uh, I, I tend to agree with you also. As long as Kevin Durant's on that team, there's so much drama there, but – Durant's so good, and I think Ben Simmons is going to be a lot better uh, than he has been. I agree with you there. Um, I mean, I am curious about them bringing him off the bench if that does stick. Um, I think it could, but I could see him starting again as well once he gets you know his legs under him again and he gets fully back mentally and everything like that. I think his defense is just so so valuable. Um, and I have the Bulls ahead of the Knicks too, so I have got two of those teams that are kind of in that mix right now. But, um, you know, looking at the teams that are above them here and the Raptors and the Pacers, I think the Bulls could beat those two teams as well. And we've got the Wizards above them also. I was getting ready, I was getting ready yeah. to say, I'm more confident in the Pacers and the Wizards falling off than the Raptors. Yeah. The Raptors are a good, decent team. Um, hopefully Pascal comes back for them because I do want them to play their best basketball. I think the Bulls are, like, they're, it's neck and neck with those two teams. I think, you know, as far as talent goes, um, I think they'll end up right around each other. But, yeah, the Pacers – I mean, obviously, they, they don't even want to win basketball games, so they're going to fall. They're going to plummet here at some point. Um, and the Wizards, they're such a mid-team. I can't believe that they're winning again. They won three in a row, I believe. They So, you know, they're on a bit of a win streak now. But uh, without Bradley Beal, even, which is kind of interesting here. Um, but I do think, you know, that they will fall as the season progresses. I just don't – their point guard situation is not good. They're, you know, they have, like, kind of a platoon situation where neither of those guys is really that good to, enough to start. And I'm just not sold on, you know, Kuzma being a key cog on a very successful team. So that's my take on it. Any other thoughts on the Wizards that you have? <laughs> I mean, I love Kuzma. I think he could be a cog on a title contending team. See the bubble Lakers as proof well, sure. of concept. But I mean, um, not a main guy. That's what I meant. Not necessarily. Oh, he yeah. Like no, a- he. No, his stock got overinflated because of the Lakers hype. And then like Tatum was faltering and everybody was like Kuzma over Tatum. And no, but he is a very capable number four. And I expect the Wizards to fall off. I'm still hopeful that the Bulls can find their way into the sixth spot and avoid the play in. That's my goal for this team for the season. And at the top, obviously, we've got the Bucks, Celtics and Cavs. Nothing of that really surprises us at all. 
Um, I do think the Cavs maybe regress a little bit here when they, as Donovan Mitchell and, and Garland are both healthy, and they try to figure out how to defend with those two in the lineup. I think that's a, that's definitely a thing for me personally. Just I think they need to figure out. Um, but right now they're off to a hot start, so you know I, I don't. I think them ending up third wouldn't surprise me. Would it surprise you? Not at all. I think they I think they are a legitimate title contending team um, as constructed. Yeah, and the Hawks are there off uh, uh, at fourth also, and that doesn't surprise us either. I think you and I both said Dejounte Murray next to Trey Young made a whole lot of sense. Um, you know, I, I had some questions when it first happened, but then as I thought about it more, I was like, you know what? That's actually a perfect pairing. I think so. Um, I think they're going to be very successful this season. Do you agree with that? Yeah, Trey Young's bought in, and that was the question. It, yeah. the, the pairing is nice if Trey Young buys in on the off-ball movement, do it, that sort of thing. And he has. The, the Hawks have had this success, and I think Trey's shooting a career low from three-point percentage still. So I, I expect that success to kind of continue. But I think the Hawks are right there in that Raptors and Bulls class. I think they've just had. I think they've gotten off to an easier start. They had a pretty easy schedule to start the year. If you go back and look at some of their early wins, so I. I think they're right there in that Raptors, Bulls, Nets class. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to, to, uh, to pull up here. I know we've already mentioned it kind of briefly, but uh, just to kind of give everyone out there that's listening today, obviously we've got the Denver Nuggets who are eight and four. I, I want the Bulls to win this one. I think that they can. I think it's a very good game since we've had so much rest in between games. Jokic has not looked like himself because he's had that injury, uh, that wrist injury, and also he's still kind of getting used to having all of his teammates back and not having to do everything himself. So uh, I want the Bulls to take advantage of that. And then the Pelicans, we had that rematch on Wednesday, uh, which, you know, I'm looking for the Bulls to, to show up for that one and make it competitive. I don't know. The Pelicans are very good, though, so I wouldn't be surprised if we dropped that one. Uh, and then you said, like you said, Magic on Friday. Uh, that's the three games we have this upcoming week, and the Bulls have to win that one. I mean, just no, we can't we can't lose to, to not good teams. So... I'm saying two and one. You're saying three and zero. Oh. Uh, I, I, you know, either one I'd be happy with, but I think this is going to be a winning week for the Bulls. So, any other thoughts on that? No. Uh, good week this week because after this, I think the Bulls have like six straight road games. So. Yeah. Bank these wins while you can. Yeah, it gets tough, man. There's no no easy wins out there. I'm I'm seeing the Thunder and Jazz coming up though. I'm, those Jazz, man, they're so good. Oh, man, they're surprising everybody. Anyways. Uh, anyways Don't get me good. started on Laurie Legend. <laughs> Laurie, yeah. Maybe we'll have to – we'll probably end up talking about him at the uh, next week anyways. So, all right. If that's not, gonna do we're going to have us. to talk about him at the All-Star break because he's uh, going to be a freaking Jesus. All-Star at this point. Uh, that, would, that would crush me. That wouldn't crush me, though. I do. I, I, I cheer for him, so it's it's good. It's all good. Uh, anyways, that's going to do it for us, guys. I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSVPKeith. And, Trey, where can people find you? on Twitter at Final Final. You can go follow us on Twitter also at at Ecos and we'll be back with you guys next week.